Gratitude That's my everyday Have you ever looked up at the stars and just wondered what it all means? Asking yourself, how did we get here and where are we going? When I look out into the world, I see so many people getting lost in their stories, rarely thinking about or asking the bigger, unanswerable questions of the universe. Like what's the purpose of life? How did we come to be? And what happens when we die? This is pretty much all I think about. So I decided to start asking others what they thought as well. So grab a cup of coffee, open your mind, and enjoy the conversation. Having a known routine, a known job, a known relationship, they know what to, what to expect tomorrow. Yes, even if they hate it or think they hate it, they know what they're dealing with. And I think that's what's scary for people. Like, this is the known... I don't like it, but I know exactly what happens. I go there every day. This is how it is. And then I go home and it's predictable and it's kind of sucky, but like, at least I know. Mm. And the unknown, like the potential and possibility could be incredible, but it also could be worse. And so- but that's all a projection, that's right? That's all a projection. And, and a lot of us feel this calling of like, I don't want to settle for this because I know there's something more out there for me, but I don't know what it is. So I'm going to stay here because it's safe and comfortable. Yep. And I think until you've had the experience of actually doing that, stepping into the unknown, small or large, you know, it can be very scary to to imagine what it might be like. That was the one and only Sarah Holly. now, my now wife. We got married uh, during quarantine just a couple of months ago. And she was one of my first guests and one of the people who really helped me push to create this podcast. And as it's evolving, I wanted to bring her back on because the show has evolved uh, quite a bit since the last time I had her on. I think it was one of, she was one of my shortest episodes. Uh, I think it was episode two or three, maybe three. If you guys want to go check it out, I think it was only about 20 minutes long. I was really nervous. We had just met like a couple months beforehand and wow, life has really come at us fast. Uh, We're now married. we got a baby boy on the way. And really cool. We'll talk about it on the podcast, but we are starting our own podcast audio experience. It's going to be like a reality show between me and her uh, called Love and Life. And if you're interested in that podcast, you can pre-register and subscribe at loveinlifepodcast.com. That's love, the letter N, lifepodcast.com. Go put your email in. You don't want to miss out uh, that is in the process of being created the first season and it should be ready in a few weeks. So we would love to share a little bit more behind the scenes of our relationship, of our uh, journey through pregnancy, how we met, both of our entrepreneurial journeys. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about us and how we met, go check that out. You don't want to miss it. And really stoked to have Sarah on the podcast. She is obviously one of my favorite humans on planet Earth and really stoked and grateful that I've been able to connect with her. And wow, what a journey this last year has been. And she is really wise. And she's one of the best leaders uh, I've ever met. And I learned so much from her every single day just by witnessing her and how she shows up in the world. And she's doing such an amazing job uh, growing a baby inside of her. And uh, it's been a beautiful journey to support her on that ride. 
And uh, yeah, we're really stoked to continue to share our journey with you guys. So go check out the Love and Life podcast. And without further ado, I hope you really enjoy this podcast. Uh, And remember at the end, if you really enjoy it, please leave a review, share it with your friends, rate it. It goes a long way in helping me grow Quantum Coffee to reach a wider audience. And for those of you that have been listening since the beginning, so much love. I appreciate you guys so much. And I really know you're going to enjoy this one with my wife, Sarah Holly. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Trevor. How you doing? I'm so good. Really appreciate you coming on. You were one of my first guests. Um, then Sarah Regalhuth. <laughs> and now Sarah Holly. Yeah. Welcome to the family. Thank you, babe. I love you. I love you too. Uh, it feels so good. It's 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 crazy. Even I mean, what were you were the second or third third I think episode and yeah, you wild. Didn't, you didn't even have your um, you know, like your flow of the questions and the kind of theme of conversation that you ask people now. Yeah, yeah, it's been really wild. The the evolution of the podcast and how it's kind of coming into its own. I feel a lot more comfortable with. The flow, like you said, and the discussions, and we've really had some really cool guests on that have really gotten deep into the unanswerable questions. And so I wanted to give you a chance to kind of dive deeper. I think our episode was like one of the shortest. I think I was just really <laughs> nervous. It was like 25 minutes or something. And uh, it's it's funny if you guys want to go back and check that out. Um, I think it's like the third or fourth episode with Sarah and kind of, I forget what we talked about. Yeah, I want to check it out. I can't even remember what we talked about. Yeah. Um, but a lot has happened since then, and I want to dive into that. Our lives have been absolutely insane. It's been a really incredible journey. Um, I know it's been a wild year for a lot of people, but you know, for me personally, it's been one of the best years of my life, no doubt. Getting to know you, connecting with you, um, and getting married to you, and having a baby, Luca, <laughs> on the way, due yeah. in March. He's here in my... In my- body still <laughs> three months to go oh my goodness how's it going talk a little bit about it oh I mean it's miraculous and amazing and I'm so grateful and it's such a journey um and it's also uh physically challenging <laughs> challenging on my body but yeah it's, it's beautiful and it's such a journey like all the different feelings and emotions and things that I've processed along the way and continue to as well. It's definitely a transition from one phase of life to another and I very much feel that. Um, I feel myself transitioning from maiden to mother and I feel like I'm ready even though I still have my days when I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm ready. Um, Then I remind myself that I had good long maiden years. I really stretched them out. Mm. (laughs) Um, And I am excited and I do feel the mother energy in me. And it was coming, you know, probably back when we we recorded that first podcast, actually. Um, I don't know. I can't remember the dates exactly, but I know in April. We didn't know we were pregnant then, do we? No, I don't think we were pregnant then, but I know it was April. um, At the end of April that I had that ceremony where I met his soul for the first time. So, you know, I've been feeling that transition for several months before we got pregnant with no real idea on the time frame or anything, but starting to feel that transition in my life and stepping into the possibility of being a mother. And obviously then we got pregnant and now it's become a lot more real, but yeah. Yeah. 
So how about, can you summarize the last 12 months of your life for me? <laughs> no, like what, yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. I can try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a wild journey. Um, I think it's a good time to kind of plug because I want to dive deeper into, give you an opportunity to discuss some of the questions I ask other guests. Um, and I want to dive into some other stuff as well. But uh, we have a podcast coming out between the two of us and we're really excited about it. It's going to be called Love in Life. Kind of like double meaning. We love life. We're in love with life and we're loving life. Yeah. Um, but that's love and life. And the way we're releasing that is a very unique audio experience. It's going to be kind of like a reality show where we talk about our journey, this wild last 12 months where we connected uh, at a retreat right before COVID happened. We quarantined together, got pregnant, got married. Um, that's going to be season one. And it's going to be about six episodes and we kind of discuss and we, we have a really special audio engineer that's working on that with, uh, that's Freedom barking in the background. So if you guys hear that. <laughs> She's so jealous. She wants to be in here with yeah. us. What Freedom are you guys says doing hi. in there? Um, I'm really excited about it because it'll be a very unique kind of podcast conversation, but it's also going to have some uh, audio uh, effects and music and a lot of storytelling and we're going to bring in different people from our lives to kind of bring you on this journey uh, of how we connected and all the lessons that we're learning through conscious relating, um, working through pregnancy um, in a conscious way and really asking the questions. And we are uh, deciding to do an alternative birth, which is funny to call it alternative, more natural birth. We decided <laughs> to have the birth at home and it's just fascinating how much resistance a lot of people have to that. And so if you're someone who's ever wanted to kind of dive deeper into those kind of topics. We're starting a whole podcast around. It's going to be like a reality show. And where can they go to pre-subscribe? And we're going to have a newsletter that you can sign up for because we want to start creating a community around this, mm -hmm. um, you know, these topics of relationship. Yeah. So the website is loveandlifepodcast.com and then it'll be in all of the podcast um, listening apps under Lo Love and Life Podcast. Um, and we will... Um, there's a trailer up there live now so you can subscribe to the show and then um, when it's released, you'll obviously, we're going to drop all episodes at once so you can binge them. Maybe. Are we haven't we? really yeah. figured that out yet. <laughs> I think we're doing that. Yeah, we're working um, on a trailer. By the time this goes live, we're hoping to have the trailer up. Yeah. And then, um, so subscribe to yeah. it so that you don't miss out. It's going to be really fun and we'd love to hear your feedback as well and um, you know, the journey is just getting started. I think the second season is going to be really cool too. We're going to work towards that. That's going to be from when we got married to actually giving birth, uh, at our house. Yeah. And probably the best thing to do as well is throw your email address, um, in the email sign up box on the website. And that way we can send you emails whenever episodes go live and things like that. We promise not to spam you and only send you really amazing, interesting content. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to miss out on that. It's going to be really cool. So we'd love to uh, connect with you in that way. And um, yeah, so let's dive into a little, little bit of quantum coffee. And um, I guess where we start is the purpose of life. Oh, did you want me to summarize the year or not? Oh, you wanted to. <laughs> I you said you couldn't. Well, I was just joking. Give I it can. to me. Yeah, give it to me. And then we can talk about the quantum coffee questions. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's <laughs> um, all experience. Well, I do think it was a good segue into our podcast that's launching and I don't want to, obviously there's a much deeper dive that people can do by going on that journey. But I, I do think 
Um, it's timely for me to spend a moment attempting to summarize this year because it's we're coming up on Christmas, so it's the end of the year and I've been doing a lot of reflecting. I was actually sitting in a cafe earlier this morning writing a note to um, my uh, an email that's going to go out to my company um, community this morning just about the year. So I guess in summary, it's like no matter what this year was for anybody, I think it was a time to get very familiar with the fact that we live in an uncertain world. And that was very um, prevalent for me. So, you know, I spent a lot of time traveling, as did you, and all of the things that I thought I was going to be doing at the start of the year were, were very quickly canceled. But it was it was a blessing. Like it was just amazing to have all of that time early on to just be still. Um, I know that at, actually this is ironic, but at the end of last year I was saying to myself, okay, I'm going to travel a bit less this year. Like I don't want to commit to things. I don't want to put too many things in my calendar. But by the time the end of Feb rolled around, you know, nearly my whole entire year was booked up with travel. So I guess I did get what I wanted, but in not in a way that was unexpected. And my whole calendar was cleared and I met you at the start of quarantine. So that was a completely unexpected experience as well. So not only was all of my travel cancelled, I met somebody that I was really enjoying spending time with and ultimately ended up falling in love, which made this whole experience so much better. Talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> well, who's this guy that you were so in love with? <laughs> He's very handsome sitting across from me. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just an amazing experience to meet you. And this journey that we've been on, I think, is so special and has been so profound for me because it was very much a leap of faith all the way through um, and just following my intuition and um, not overthinking things. Um, so, you know, we met on retreat and then I came down here a week later, which I think we probably talked about that in the last episode, so I won't go into too much detail, but you weren't meant to be in Austin and I was, and then every reason why you weren't meant to be in Austin cancelled, so you ended up in Austin and every reason why I was meant to be in Austin cancelled and so I had to make the decision whether I was still going to come down here or not to see you after meeting you the weekend prior. And I mean, I sit here today and I am just so grateful to myself that I took that leap and that I got in my car and drove 15 hours to go on a date with someone <laughs> that I'd just met. Um, and, you know, it was funny. I remember telling you that you know, that was the truth of what was going on and that that's the only reason I was coming. But I'm grateful for myself of not getting too much in my head about that and just coming down and and doing it. And then every step of the way, I think it was just beautiful. We decided to hang out together in quarantine and see what that was all about. And then we kind of fell in love. And I remember when I told you that I was falling in love with you. And <laughs> I think that was at the end of the ceremony that it, we'd done. It definitely all happened so fast. <laughs> it did, but it. I was reflecting on this the other day to somebody. It happened really fast, but it felt um, like steady in a way. I don't know mm. what the word is or calm. Like it did happen quickly and everything has happened quickly. We've already gotten married and we're pregnant. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't have a sense of rush about mm. it, if that. Makes no, sense. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Feels so right. 
Yeah. And I think that's this whole year with the quarantine and the world shutting down. It's been like, like a, like a portal, like time mm-hmm. has been stretched in ways that I, it's just hard to even comprehend, like subjective time, you know, it's just, it's just really wild. Like the whole experience being kind of like the whole world shifted mm-hmm. and it's continuing to shift. It is. And it's, and- it's more than just the, the collective story. It's like the energy of the entire world. Um, and it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out, but we've definitely kind of, I'm so grateful that we kind of got in each other's portals and <laughs> experienced that together. Yeah, and it's been super prevalent for me in my work, the shifts. Um, obviously, I'm in the space of remote work. So this year was, excuse me, this year was like a giant leap forward for us in terms of having our customers, which ultimately now is nearly the whole world, actually understand what we do and why we do it and what it's all about. Um, but even now, I think about all of these things that we're talking about and wow, like back in January and February, it was like, I was a different person. This world was a different place and the energy has shifted. And I think there's sometimes a sense of like, it has felt long in a way, probably because um, there's been less movement and excitement in some regards in terms of that travel and adventure and all of that, that I used to do. And for many other people, um, but in other regards, like it's very quickly how much we've all shifted and how much the world has shifted and how much my world has shifted. So it's beautiful to reflect back on where I was and where I am now and where the world's going. And it's just what an amazing year. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's been quite uh, an incredible, incredible process. And it's interesting, like, is it just our world that's shifted? We've obviously had a really incredible time together. Um, but you know, the world out there, I mean, we don't really actually know what it is. Like we, we understand the stories that we're being told and the narrative that is being told. We're not plugged into the news. We don't watch TV, which is a really fascinating experience to be hearing from people. Um, even people's stories of what's going on in reality and just understanding, like, if you're not plugged into it, is it, is it really that, that the way it is? Mm. And, you know, we say that the world's shifting, but like how so, and what is the collective and how is it going to turn out? And I'm, I'm starting to see there's a lot of fear, a lot of, you know, negativity out in the world. And it's, it's very confronting. It makes me feel like there's this sense of urgency to really show up and do our part to help spread love and, deeper connection. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like it's just becoming so lost and it's wild how us and our friends have been able to grow closer and tighter and connect on a deeper level. But the collective is, I don't, I don't think they're feeling it the same way we are. Um, I know that's, you know, we do a lot of self-work and it's a choice to question our own stories and show up and choose love over fear. And it's a constant challenge sometimes um, but yeah, I mean, like what, what do you see out in the world? Like, how do you see this kind of all playing out as a collective? I know, I know I feel really good where we're at in our family and our bubble that we're creating, but it's like, how do we show up and work towards a, a better vision of the future? I think that's such an interesting point and reflection and something that I think about often is on the one hand, I get like very hopeful and excited that, oh my goodness, like, um, the world is shifting and you know, people are stepping more into newer, more wholesome ways of being. And then on the other hand, I'm like, is it, or is that just my literal immediate circle? Like I can't 
quite always figure that out because I've definitely experienced this year people um, that I've known maybe kind of coming more into my vibrational frequency than they have been in previous years and people that I wasn't expecting to um, who previously had felt to be kind of more on a different track or a different path. Um, but then, you know, sometimes we go out, we, we have traveled a lot around the country this year and, you know, we go to different towns and cities and it is very different out there. It's a real mixed bag. What you once you're, once I'm outside of our circle of friends and our home and our sphere, our space, the types of conversations that we might have with someone at the grocery store or whatever it might be. And you think, okay, maybe, maybe people aren't shifting as much as, as I thought. And maybe there is a lot of fear. Um, you know, you, you mentioned our bubble and right, right away when we knew we were going to be quarantining for at least a couple of weeks at the very start, we were both just like, oh, this is so cool. What a gift. We're going to have all this time for two weeks, <laughs> which ended up being still happening <laughs> pretty much. Um, but we were like, well, let's just, we're going to use this for a whole lot of inner work. And, you know, we talked with each other about the different things we wanted to dive into and learn and grow. And I mean, what a gift to be with somebody that wanted to do that kind of work. And I know a lot of our closest friends really approached it in the same way. Like, oh, this is great. I'm going to use the time that we're in lockdown or quarantine or whatever you want to call it to just work on myself. This is going to be amazing. Um, and absolutely throughout the year, the people that we have ended up spending physical time with when we have traveled around or gone and met people or what have you have been people that are like-minded and have kind of done that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, there is a lot of collective fear. I think one of the biggest shifts that happened for me this year was I've been pretty unplugged from any kind of narrative, I think, for a long time. And it didn't probably really matter that much over the last however many years. But this year, with a global health issue and then getting pregnant, coming off the back of me having a mental breakdown in 2018 and healing my asthma last year. <clears throat> so those four factors to do with physical health all came together this year in me kind of diving a little bit into some of the different narratives that exist and the different stories and different science, research, media, whatever you want to call it, um, from main, the mainstream story all the way to some pretty extreme conspiracy theory stuff and everything in between. And, you know, that's been a really interesting and big shift for me to actually start to um, open up and look at some of the things that maybe I didn't need or want to look at before um, that are quite confronting. Well, it's, it, I don't think, I think it's become pretty obvious, at least to me, and this is, I mean, and this is like back to like, is this just my my world and the people I hang around with? Because I go out and I don't think it is as obvious to some people. But the narrative, the collective narrative, how controlled it is mm -hmm. by the people in power. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's becoming so obvious. And I think it's been so subtle under the scenes, right? And you're like, well, and there's like, quote unquote, conspiracy theories that come out. And it's like, well, what about this? Why is this way? This, this way? Why is the education system built like this? Why do we have to feel like we have to go to work? And it's like these all these stories that we're told is how society works. And I've always had this deeper questioning of like, 
and like going out and living in the van and living this alternative lifestyle has made me realize like, oh, it's just a story. We don't have to live that. And now kind of being told to stay in our houses, wear these masks for a global disease or pandemic that it is 99.974% you're going to survive and probably not be very sick. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really fascinating that that's happened and the numbers are out there and people are still in fear of getting sick and, and I don't know, dying, or they're making us feel guilty for getting older people who are more susceptible to dying, but it's just, and then the censorship for people that are coming out and speaking out about this and how they're just being deplatformed. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's wild because you don't want to believe that the narrative is being controlled, but it's becoming so obvious to me. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, where does this, where is this leading? And it's, it's, it's really hard for us to project that out into the future but it does bring with a, with it a sense of urgency of mm-hmm. the systems are broken. There are people in power that are controlling the narrative. The, the technology kind of corporations that are controlling our social medias, there's only a few of them. And how mm-hmm. easily they can censor people and control like even the mainstream media. And like how that is just a narrative that's being controlled by a select few. It's just, it's really wild that, you know, before it was like all these pieces you know that were like not really connected and now you can just easily see it I think that's the best way to describe it like it wasn't so obvious to me and I always like you been someone who's challenged the status quo and not necessarily accepted societal norms and kind of lived life how I wanted to live it constantly pushing boundaries and bucking trends and all of that so I'm kind of used to living a little bit outside of the story and outside of the box But this year, it just became so obvious to me that there was a very clear narrative that was being shoved down our throats. And I could see, you know, I really feel like I can see the censorship ramp up throughout the year. Like Google now does not give me the true search results on the internet of the term that I'm searching. And I even feel that 12 months ago, there was more breadth in what I was getting as search as search result returns. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so throughout this year, it was like it was closing in. And even for someone like myself who's less plugged into anything, I'm still using Google. I'm still, you know, going online and using social media and things like that. And all of a sudden it was just like I couldn't not see it. And it was like all of the things that I'd probably always intuitively known became just so obvious and and no longer able to ignore and then resulting in me diving in a little bit. And, you know, that was one of the decisions for us to have a home birth was because I started researching, you know, as part of my research to understand, I think it started with um, remote work and I started getting curious about where did offices even come from? And then I was like, where did the education system come from? Where did hospitals come from? And I started like researching all these things. And um, one of my perspective shifts this year has very much been that most of these systems and structures that we think are so solid and have always been that way, investment markets would be another one. I mean, I was an investment advisor for 17 years and I remember going to every single fund manager luncheon where they would put all these graphs and stuff and talk about the last hundred years. And when I would sit there watching, I would think, oh yeah, they're right. Like it's always been like that. Those cycles, it's always, always, always. And then I'm like, hang on a second, a hundred years isn't always. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, and, it's two lifetimes. And the time frame on most of the stuff I was talking about, offices and hospitals and school 
you know, most of that is the last 100, 200 years. It's not really, it hasn't really been there for that long. Um, and looking at the evolution of all of those things and where they've gotten to. But um, why do you think it's scary, so scary for people to question the stories and the narratives that they were born into? Because, like, I think understanding that we were born into a system that was created by people that came before us, it's, it does, it, it was created. And people think it's so solid. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it needs to be. But even technology, like cell phones are only 10 or 15 years old. Like all of this is happening so rapidly and we think it's so normal. Mm -hmm. And understanding, I love that Steve Job quote, like everything changes when you realize that the world was created by people that are no smarter than you are. Yeah. And so it really takes a questioning your own reality. And I think that's really debilitating for people to even look at that because if they start questioning their views on life and their reality, then it kind of starts unraveling a little bit. And if, if one thing comes up, it's like, well, if that's true, then what about this? And they don't really know what to hold on to anymore. Mm-hmm. And that could be a very scary thing. But it's just, that's what it takes, right? Is questioning even the small things. Why do you think people are so scared to do that? I mean, yeah, it's living with and living through uncertainty in a world that is set up to make us feel as though there is certainty when there's yeah, not. Yeah, it comes back to like unknown, right? Yeah. And like this whole- Nothing's ever certain. Like anything can happen anytime. Like you could leave the gas on accidentally when you go out your door or burn your whole house down and then you're like, damn, I just don't have a house right now. Like that could happen any day of the week, any year. Yeah. Um, and we were inter- We were talking about that just the other day. It's very interesting how- you know, me and you were, were talking about and being open about, okay, I'm starting to feel like a little stagnant energy. I feel a little bit trapped and being able to communicate with you on that and mm-hmm. reminding ourselves that we're never trapped. Like we always have the ability to go do whatever we want. And I'm so grateful to be in a relationship where we can open up and talk about that. But we've both had experiences in our life where we have gotten to a point where we've blown up our entire lives. Yeah, We've broken up with the people, like you were married at one point, I was engaged. I left football, which is everything I had ever known. And it's, I think it's a very scary thing for people to do that, but it's almost this liberating thing when you do blow everything up. Like I gave all my stuff to charity. I really minimalized down to like, okay, like if I had to live just me and myself in this van, could I do it? And then you come back and you realize, oh, wow, it's all a story. Mm-hmm. And you're never really trapped. And then, you know, slowly start building a life back up around me. And now I'm, married, have a kid. And it's like starting to get the point. It's like, oh, wow. Like I'm feeling like kind of trapped in on this thing, but understanding like I am the creator of my reality. And if I communicate with you and we can always work through stuff, but it's always being able to have that open communication. But I don't think, I think some people never have experienced that they do have the freedom to like change it all in an instant. Mm -hmm. They're never really stuck, but they want that certainty because Having a known routine, a known job, a known relationship, they know what to what to expect tomorrow. Yes, even if they hate it or think they hate it, it's they know what they're dealing with. And I think that's what's scary for people. Like this is the known, I don't like it, but I know exactly what happens. I go there every day, this is how it is, and then I go home and it's predictable and it's kind of sucky but like, at least I know. Mm. And the unknown, like the potential and possibility could be incredible, but it also could be worse. And so- but that's all a projection, That's right? all a projection. And, and a lot of us feel this calling of like, I don't want to settle for this because I know there's something more out there for me, but I don't know what it is. So I'm going to stay here because it's safe and comfortable. Yep. And I think until you've had the experience of actually doing that, stepping into the unknown, 
small or large, you know, it can be very scary to to imagine what it might be like. And it's not until you have those experiences that one, you realize almost every time in my life that I can think of where I've stepped into that unknown, that possibility and potential has been greater, has been more fulfilling, more positive, what have you. However, it has also come with difficult times. Um, and there has also been pain and discomfort and growth and transformation that comes out of that pain and discomfort. Um, But there has been like an element of suffering maybe that I've Mm. had to experience to move through sometimes, not all the time. And it's like an acute, the the, the pain of transformation, like it, but it equals growth. Mm -hmm. And it's always going to lead you to where you're meant to be if you answer the call. Because otherwise you're just going to be kind of this, in this place that you know, but you're comfortable, but you're not happy. Yeah, That's what people end up like, I'm not happy. Like, where's my happiness? It's like, well, you got to go through the uncomfortable thing to go after what you really want. And it's out there in in the realm of the unknown. Yeah. And in order to do that, to find real purpose and love out there, you have to put yourself out, out outside of your comfort zone and go out into the unknown to explore it and then figure out who you really are. And I think the other thing that happens is it then comes back to you and remembering that you are the only one that can change things. So while we stay stuck not enjoying a situation, usually we're projecting that onto somebody else or something else. Like I would be happy if it wasn't for this thing, mm, this person, this job, this relationship, this whatever. And, you know, if only that would be different, then I would be happy. And I think, you know, we we had that conversation the other day about feeling trapped and and it was a very open, transparent conversation. And one of the things that we reminded was like, we're not trapped. Like we can break up. We can give our kid away for adoption if we want. We can stay together and go drive across South America. Like we could do. Any, I don't know if we could do that right probably now. Probably not right now. But, <laughs> but we could drive across North America. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do though. Yeah. And even just to say those words to each other, like. It's like, oh. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not. We are the creators of our yeah. reality. We, and, there's no story that we have to confine ourselves to. And what that does then, the moment that we say to ourselves, oh yeah, we don't have to stay in this house, in this marriage, in this anything, in this family, if we don't want to, we can remember, well, I do want to. Hopefully I do. (laughs) But it's like- I choose you over and over rather than I feel obligated to you. And then what is it in this moment that's actually bringing up these feelings of being trapped? And if we don't talk openly about that, if we didn't have that kind of open dialogue and ability to hold space for each other, which I'm so freaking grateful that we do, you know, we don't voice those things, which means the story stays the same. Like, oh, I'm feeling trapped. I'm feeling like, I don't know if I should do this. Oh, this is so hard. Versus, and that grows. And that grows. And grows in the shadow. And then it becomes, you know, you manifest it into reality versus, you know, we are able to have an open conversation and, and anyone can do this with anybody. And that's usually because I would hold back from selling you that because I feel like you can't hold that. If I say I feel trapped, you might, I, I might project that you're going to take that as, you know, oh, you don't, you don't want to be in a relationship. You don't love me. And then you know, most people like their insecurities start coming out and they project back on me. And then that keeps, I mean, this is my own story and this is what Mm -hmm. I've worked through in past relationships. And for us to do our own work and have this trust of like, Hey, I'm feeling trapped. I'm feeling this stagnant energy and it not really have anything to do with you, but owning it, that it's my experience. And then you being like, well, we help, help me uncover that. Like, why do I feel like that? And then we work through it together because we're a team Mm -hmm. processing what the energy is and it actually brings us closer together. Totally. And, and it gives us a chance to say, well, what, 
what is stuck and stagnant and what is that energy? And, you know, for me, one of the things that's been uncomfortable this year has been staying still and Mm. not traveling so much. And I get these deep cravings and deep longings to go adventure and, and all of that. And I've had to sit with that. And that's been a real gift to say, well, whilst the light of that, if we think of the shadow and the light, the light of that is you love adventuring, you love meeting new people and having new experiences. And that's all really positive. The shadow, the darkness of that behavior is every time things get boring or stagnant or too close, you run off on another adventure and you can't do that this time. You have to stay and you have to sit in that discomfort and find out what it is um, that makes, you know, that makes you want to run. And one of the things like over the last couple of years, I've been very um, hermity and I was working through a lot of relationship stuff and a lot of past pain in all different areas and relationships in my life. And I pushed Oh, not pushed. I kept community at a distance. I kept a lot of things at a distance because I just, my emotional body was struggling to deal with the challenges that would come up in close knit friendships, um, close knit community. And last year I called it in. And so this is my first year where I've sat, you know, in close proximity with another person and also you know, with friends and community. And there's been elements where I've wanted to run because I get scared that something bad is going to happen and it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful if somebody gets upset with me or, you know, I do something that hurts them or whatever it might be. And then it's going to cause a rift or whatever. And every so often I just get these elements of that fear come up. And those are part of the reasons why I want to run away and just like be free and Nobody can touch me when I'm like flittering around the world and keeping everybody's friendship or whatever at arm's length over social media or WhatsApp voice notes or what have you. So, you know, that's been a real gift for me to just sit through that pain and discomfort and say, no, the reward of community is greater than um, the alternative. The reward of being in this relationship with you is greater than the alternative. And that's what I choose. Mm. Yeah, I think a uh, really beautiful part and I think a gift really of what this year has provided us collectively is it's forced a lot of people to, like a, it was a whole paradigm shift. The story changed in an instant. Like people weren't going to work anymore. People were at their house. The kids aren't going to school. And I think it's an opportunity for all of us to look at the stories that we've created collectively and understand that it, it's not the way it has to be. Mm-hmm. We were kind of lost in this rat race, this routine. This is the way it's supposed to be. You wake up, take your kids to school, go to work, come back. And that routine, I think, starts creating just really a lot of speed through life. And, um, you know, it just makes it so fast. And I think the beautiful gift is like, this has been an opportunity to really slow down, like you said. And I think it's waking a lot of people up to the idea that, wow, this this is a story. Where can I make adjustments to live uh, a life that I want to live? Um, I think that's coming up with a lot of kind of our outer circle, like, you know, people that you know, are more interested in like 
diving in and starting to question the stories of the collective, I think the narrative is becoming pretty obvious. Where in the, like I said earlier, like this is obvious to me and I feel like it should be obvious to others, but some people might not have any idea what we're talking about. But it's like if you're watching the mainstream media and that's your only source of information, you really got to look at yourself and be like, well, how do I know this is true? Mm. Like where's this information really coming from? And yeah, I think it's a really beautiful opportunity for us to really look at the collective and, and, and see how we can come together and change the narrative. But I feel like this, this it's really fascinating to look out in the world and see the fear just taking over people's lives. Like people driving around in their car by themselves with a mask on, mm-hmm. out on a hike with a mask on. And I think it's, you know, we, we dive deep into the information and the information's out there, but it's, there's so much misinformation. It's really hard to discern what's true, what's not true. And you know, just just learning that that the masks don't. I know these are like controversial topics, but I think that's why they're trying to make them controversial, so that we divide. Mm-hmm. And as a nation, if we divide and argue about these things, then it just creates more division, and it doesn't allow us to come together. It creates more separation. But it's really like, I think that the one thing I've been focusing on through this whole thing, and the numbers that I'm really like attaching to, is that it's ninety nine point nine seven four percent. You're going to be safe. You're going to be fine. And then this whole vaccine coming through, you know, and then like all of the, all of the research we've done about the hospital births mm-hmm. and like how much resistance people have to doing a home birth and like how much more uncomfortable we feel about going to a hospital because of what we've learned about the energy of a birth and mm-hmm. the process. And you've, I'm so grateful for you and you diving in and, and learning for yourself on the whole process. And it's like, why would we go to, it's almost like we, we've we've learned for ourselves and now we ask her like, why would we even want to go to a hospital? That sounds crazy to us. Yeah. But to the majority, it's, you're going to have a home birth? You're crazy. What if something happens? And that's from a perspective of fear, right? Yeah. I mean, this year as well has taught me so much to continue to listen to my intuition. And really, intuition could also be um, described as alignment or just what feels um, good for me. and then I can read and research and learn things and, you know, find what makes most sense to me. But rather than looking for the answers outside of myself to feel for the answers inside of myself. And when it came to birthing, when I found out we were pregnant, I did have this kind of intuitive rejection of the Western medical system. Like there was just something in me that was like, I didn't really want to go to a doctor. I didn't really want to go get a scan. And the thought of birthing in a hospital room um, just didn't feel right for me. And, and, you know, I'm someone who spent a lot of time in hospital as a child. I don't have trauma around hospitals. In fact, I felt very safe there. I think the intuition I was feeling was this is not an illness. Like I'm not sick. I don't need to be in a hospital. And I felt this um, sense of like what it is is a ceremony and, It's something very big I'm going to be moving through. And when I'm in that space, I want to be either in my own space, in my own home or in, you know, a very beautiful, comfortable, ceremonial type space. And I couldn't connect the dots between a hospital room and where I was thinking I would want to be, you know, in my physical space at that time. Um, But I was a little bit scared because I've had a lot of conditioning as well. But I'm really glad that I just listened to my intuition. And then, you know, then I was able to do some research and start reading and learn about birth and learn the counter narrative, (laughs) 
this this whole story that we've been told is that childbirth is the most painful thing as a woman that you'll ever go through. It's the most painful thing a human can ever go through. Um, it's very dangerous, you know, and it's very traumatic and dangerous and thank goodness we have hospitals. Um, and that's a scary thing to be confronted with realising your whole life, that's pretty much what you've been told to some degree or another. And now you're pregnant and you're like, wow. So I got to go through that. Like I'm excited to be pregnant. I'm excited to have a child, but I have to go through that really scary, dangerous thing. And the more that I've read about what our bodies are actually doing during birth and the closer that I'm getting along my pregnancy and like as I'm starting to get bigger and bigger, like I have this sense now, I'm, I'm, I'm only, I've still got three months left, but I'm already like, whoa, like I can very much feel that at some point I'm going to be like, I just, this baby needs to come out. <laughs> like it's, it's in me and it's too much and it's, I'm full and I need it to come out. I mean, I sometimes already feel like that, but that's very much going to be the case I can imagine. And so all of a sudden this fear of how I'm going to get it out actually starts to go away because I'm like my body, the intelligence of my body is already telling me it's getting bigger, it's getting bigger, it's going to get harder and harder to hold this baby and eventually this baby's going to come out. And if we think about it without even going into the details, like, of course, it's going to just come out at some point. Like that is literally what will happen. Um, and when I then take that a step further, I think to make that happen easily is lying on my back while people poke and prod and then scream at me to push the most effective way to get the baby out. And it's like, no, not at all. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yet that is the visual I have of childbirth is either a woman on her back or with her feet in some kind of stirrups, probably with doctors and nurses around her, encouraging her to push and her with a big tight grimace mm. on her face and in incredible pain. Um, either that or, you know, on a lot of medications so she can't even feel it. But those, those are the images. And when I actually like feel into my body and now that I've done the reading, the research and understand what my body's actually going to be doing during birth, and obviously I'm not there yet and I haven't experienced it and it will be what it will be. And I'm super excited to talk about it afterwards. But I understand that this is a very natural process that all female species on the planet, humans and every other animal go through in order for us all to be here and it doesn't necessarily have to be painful. And I think my sense is if we can understand what our bodies are doing and if we can work with the process versus resisting and against the process, it will have sensation, but we don't necessarily have to label it as the most painful, scary thing of our entire lives. And if we can lean into what our bodies are trying to do naturally I think there can be less trauma with the birth when it comes to things like tearing and stretching and all of that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, caveat to it all is I'm very grateful for the miracle of Western medicine and the miracle of C-section and things like that. But through my research, I've come to understand that one or 2% of cases really need that kind of medical intervention. 99-ish percent of births can be natural can be, you know, very safe um, and don't necessarily have to involve excruciating pain. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. It's been really beautiful to go on this journey with you because it's helped me understand a lot about 
you know, the different systems and stories and understanding the birthing process, you know, witnessing you and like, I have a whole different appreciation and respect for it and just witnessing your human body and the vessel and the temple. And, you know, you know, from my perspective, it's probably, I mean, I, I haven't experienced it yet, but I'm assuming it's going to be one of the most, that's what I've heard from other people, one of the most beautiful, epic, you know, even psychedelic, like paradigm shifting, reality shifting lens in which you view what's going on in everything, your whole entire story of life shifting in that experience. And it's very intimate and it's, it's bringing life in. And like, the more I'm thinking about it and contemplating it and sitting with it, it's like your body is opening a portal from another dimension so that a living being can come into this world. And I'm just so stoked about creating a ceremony around that. Mm -hmm. Like the energy that it's going to take for that process to happen, the energy it's taking now, but that all culminating into this beautiful, intimate ceremonial container where I'm there, the masculine, strong presence, holding space for you to go through your process. Ride the waves. <laughs> and like this idea of instead of pushing, right? Like surrender, mm -hmm. like surrendering into the intelligence of your body and trusting that there's something at play greater than your mind can even comprehend. So surrendering and letting go. And, you know, we've done psychedelics together and that is a big lesson of the psychedelics. And I think the big lesson of this 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 year, this collective story shifting and the, the collective narrative is like surrender because we mm -hmm. don't know. We're going into the unknown and not experiencing it, but you have experience with surrender. And so it's like, what if I surrender into the intelligence and have faith and trust in the universe and God and whatever this experience is to let it take its course and then experience that together, me and you and our child as a family. And then I'm so stoked about being the one bringing the child into this reality, being able to hold him and like, mm -hmm. you know, dropping into like what a newborn must go through. Like what a traumatic event anyway, just like being all comfortable in your womb and like, <laughs> this is so great. I love it here. And all of a sudden, just, of a sudden come on, oh, you gotta get out. <laughs> oh God, what is this? You know, it's like, oh God, there's so much detail and it's happening and there's people around and it's like, okay, buddy, I got you. We're here. And then me and you can just lay together with mm -hmm. our family and just like experience that paradigm shift together. Like, I, fuck no, I don't want to go to a hospital to do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I'm so, I mean, and this is all we've just, this has all been evolving. Right. And I don't want anybody to think that we just like always have had this plan, but no. we've done our <laughs> research. Right. And it's like, yeah. when something comes up, we, one thing, one of the wisest things, some of the wisest people I know, and I've had them on these podcasts because some of them are good buddies, but it's the wisest thing I think anybody can say is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's not from not knowing. That's because they're so experienced and they've gone full circle on the path to seeking truth that they come full circle and be like, I, I don't know. And when you don't know, you have to look in and dive deeper and question your reality. And so that's what we did. The pregnancy came up. It's like, okay, well, what do we do? Do we go to the hospital? Do we do these checkups? Do we get the ultrasounds? It's like, well, is this safe? Is this right? And like taking in all the information along with checking in with our intuition has led us to this place where we have a deep understanding and knowing and truth of what we want the experience to be like. Mm -hmm. And we're not giving that power away to something outside of ourselves. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people in our society and culture, they're giving their power away. And 
this is, you know, the conspiracy theorist stuff is like the people in power want you to give your power away to them so that they can control the narrative and control through whatever it is. And we can dive deeper into that, but I'm just like circling back to that. It's like the message here is to question everything and do your own research and come back to yourself Mm -hmm. and your own power and your own truth and what that looks like. And it, it takes bravery and courage because the conditioning runs deep. And even as we sit here having this conversation, there's this small part of me that's afraid that I'm wrong. And it's going to be actually the most painful, terrible, difficult thing. And that, you know, oh my God, I've recorded a podcast with this fantasy birth. But then I say to myself, well, hang on a second. In this moment in time, what do you want to call in? What do you want to be visualizing and imagining? And I want to be visualizing and imagining and I'm calling in a beautiful birthing ceremony. And that is my bravery and my courage to stay in my intuition and my truth and our intuition and our truth and just and to put it out there and to be like this is what this is what we're going to experience and and it will be what it will be and we will live through that and it's going to be amazing um but yeah it's fascinating like when we start to question and go against the norm the mainstream the conditioning like that stuff runs so deep yeah and it's just fear right like fear is just a projection on the future it doesn't actually exist in the present moment mm-hmm. i think that's why the tools we use to keep coming back into presence. Like how can we get out of our mind and the stories of projecting the future, regretting the past and come back into being present? Because if you're fully present, then fear doesn't exist because fear is just a projection and illusion of what a future outcome might be. So how do we transcend fear? We come back to, to presence present and love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's it's fascinating like how a lot of religious belief systems revolve around fear because if you have a you know if you have real faith and trust in god then what would you have to fear and i don't it's just something to contemplate because i feel like i've developed through this deep connection to god or the universe or the divine or whatever word you want to label this experience as i've developed such a deep intimate connection that I have a trust, I have a knowing, I have intuition, and I have real faith. And anytime fear does come up, it's like, I can surrender that. I can ask for guidance. And, you know, even the most religious people that I know, some of them, their world revolves around fear. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, where's your connection to God? You, You say that you have this connection to God through your beliefs, but it's like, is there, is there something really there? Yeah. I mean, fear is the way that people who believe power is finite get their power. If you understand that power is infinite and abundant, then you don't need to take it from other people through fear and control. You can empower others, which empowers yourself, and then you're all living in a state of love and abundance and expansion if we look at it from like a perspective of leadership or whatever else it might be. Um, that's where, you know, it's like, I know these are all just terms and labels and really everything is just a spiritual experience, but a simple way that I've always kind of connected with 
the two concepts is like spirituality versus religion. Actually, they're all the same thing. We're here having this spiritual experience. Religion is like this human structure and context that we put around it to try to create a power system and get people in line to understand well, I don't really know why it went like that. I, I like the definition of, of the difference between religion and spirituality. I think it was Deepak Chopra that said this, maybe somebody else. But religion is the belief in someone else's experience of the divine. Mm. Spirituality is the belief in your own experience of the divine. Yeah. And so religions are just stories created around someone else is their connection to the divine. So we need them to connect to the divine. They're mm-hmm. like kind of like a bridge. Mm. And that takes our power away. And that's what yeah. it's all about. But we all have a connection. We just have to find it. We have to dive, drop into our hearts. We have to slow down. We have to get out of our minds. We have to look at our fear. And it's it's a courageous act to do that. And I think a lot of people like, oh, if I just believe this, I can give all that away. And I can just, it's called spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't have to do the work on myself because I believe this one thing and God takes it. But do you truly believe that? It's like, no, like you have to show up and, and God wants you to show up for yourself. And you are the one that connects to the divine. But I think the shame, the guilt, the fear gets in the way. God is outside of me. God created me in the mud and I'm just unworthy. And it's a story that religion talks about. And it's like, you need us to, you know, create a connection mm-hmm. to God and, it's really fascinating going back to Christianity, you know, and me diving back into it, like the story of Jesus. Like Jesus didn't come to, you know, have everybody in the world worship him. He came here to show us that we all are capable mm-hmm. of achieve, achieving enlightenment pretty much, which is com- being completely present, dropping into our hearts, loving others as we love ourselves, connecting to God. It is not outside of us. It is within. Mm-hmm. As within, so without. And there's so much deep truth in all of these religions and belief structures. And it's all of these people trying to make sense of this ineffable experience that we're having, which is not a human experience. It's a spiritual experience in physical form. Is it even physical? I think that's an illusion too, is what science is telling us. So, yeah, it's just really, uh, it's quite quite a ride to uh, to discuss it. It is. You know, do you want to go dive into these questions? Yeah, like talk about talk about uh, questions. I think the purpose of life is a good one. I think getting your perspective as far as giving birth mm-hmm. to a child and experiencing the web of life. Yeah. Finally. Does that give you a new perspective on what the purpose and why we're all here? Well, It's interesting because ever since I was a small child, I never really understood what the purpose was and somehow I grasped that lack of understanding. So I had a lot of questions and curiosity around the infinite nature of the universe and the vastness of it all and why I existed and what happened when I died and things like that. And I think... In many ways, I still have those same questions. Like I don't know the answer Um, and I think there are things that I've chosen to lean into and also things that I have experienced mostly through my work with plant medicines and psychedelics but also meditation and different things like that. 
And I definitely have, I definitely have a knowing and a felt experience of the interconnectedness of everything. So I think I feel more peaceful at this point in my life that there is this interconnectedness, this oneness that exists in this universe. Um, and, you know, recently I did Bufo and very much experienced that nothingness and the oneness and it was very overwhelming. And in some regards, you know, <laughs> it re ignited my fears around death or my um, discomfort around it perhaps. Um, But in other regards, I've also had so many deep, profound experiences of the connectedness of everything. And even that Bufo experience, while it was somewhat terrifying, it was also amazing and magical. So it's very hard to put into words. Um, But I don't know what the purpose is other than I am having an experience. And so for the most part, I'm choosing to engage with the experience in the best way possible. And one of the ways that I do that, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a belief system, but, you know, a kind of concept that I really like to engage with is that, you know, we are here with a dharma or a divine purpose. Like I am here to do certain things that only I can do, that I'm the best person to do. And so for me to be in my fullest potential every moment is to be working toward bringing my light to this existence and this experience. Um, How do you find that dharma? For people that might be wondering, they're yeah. working their nine to five job, they're lost. They're like, well, what, what's the point? How do I figure out who I am and what I'm here to do? I think in my experience, it's been following the things that feel good, the things that I say yes to. And, and sometimes when I say feel good, it's sometimes also the things that scare me, but there's a knowing that I want to go in that direction. And I think that you know, some people are very clear on like, this is exactly what I am here to do. Um, For me, I think it it evolves and shifts, but it's about getting to know more of who I am and what my unique gifts are and that they will evolve and show up in different ways. Like I'm very much an entrepreneur. It feels like that's maybe what I'll always be, but I don't know for sure, but I have been. And one of the ways that I show up in the world is as a leader within entrepreneurship Um, And I have my special gifts that I bring to everybody that I work with, to everybody that is within my communities that I build. Um, Do I? You're amazing at it. (laughs) And I want to I want to plug you on uh, on. uh, Well, first of all, witnessing your journey in entrepreneurship and the leader that you are uh, has been a huge impact on my life, um, just from observing you and the way you show up, and it's really beautiful and it's helped me grow as a leader as a man, um, you know, as a business man as well and, a, and an entrepreneur. Um, and it's really beautiful the way you show up and you question your own stories, right? You're not, you're not the kind of leader that's projecting or complaining about your team. You're, if something's off, you go look in the mirror and you say, what's blocking me? What's my resistance? How come, I, how come my company is in this place and what can I do to get out of it? I think so many people can learn so much from that. And, um, you know, we're coming up on time. I got to go put you, uh, get your hot tub ready. We just got a little hot <laughs> tub in the mail that I'm going to go set up. And I just want to 
say, if you enjoyed our conversation, I know I'm going to have Sarah on plenty of times on Quantum Coffee discussing this stuff because we uh, have these conversations all the time. And I want to say I'm so grateful for you because <laughs> this is all I like to talk about. <laughs> I started a podcast around it. And Sarah, my wife, knowing me being her husband, it's like all I like to talk about every single day. And we process <laughs> so much so together. It works well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just want to give an opportunity to kind of plug the new project you're working on, um, growmotely.com and how mm-hmm. people can find that and how people can find you and support you and be involved in what you got going on. Yeah, growmotely.com. Jump on the website at growmotely on Instagram and all that. Um, but yeah, you can register your email address and get set up on the platform when it goes live, which is very soon, maybe by the time this podcast is live. Um, and it's a remote work platform with a focus on culture, conscious culture and finding you know great fits for companies and people that work for them in a fully flexible, fully remote capacity. Yeah. So if you're a small business, small to medium sized business looking to fill roles and build a team, you can use this platform. If you're an employee looking for work, you can use this platform. So go make sure you check out growmotely.com, put in your email. It's launching very soon. It's probably going to be launched by the time this podcast goes mm-hmm. live. We're mm-hmm. hoping we have some tech development roadblocks, but we're working <laughs> through them. It's almost there. And um, if you're looking for a little bit more hands-on kind of recruitment process, she also owns a company called Grow My Team. Um, is there a website for that? Yep, growmyteam.com.au. .au. She's Australian, if you couldn't mm-hmm. tell. <laughs> um, and just a little plug about that. I actually used her to hire my first employee for the Heart Collective, uh, which is a community for former male professional athletes, which I'm really excited about continuing to grow. Um, and she's been a huge help. I don't know what I'd be doing without her and the ability for her team that she's built to find great remote talent to fit the role is just really spectacular. So if you're an entrepreneur looking to build a team, and I know it's a big step for every entrepreneur to go from, you know, starting to grow the team, becoming a leader, they have a ton of resources as well. It's not just about hiring, it's about HR, um, and all of that and, and really supporting your employees as they go, they handle all of that stuff. It's really cool. Um, and then don't forget to check out, if you like this conversation between me and Sarah, we're coming out with our, our very own podcast like we talked about earlier in the show called Love and Life. And you can pre-register and pre-subscribe at loveandlife.com. That's L-O-V-E-N-L-I-F-E podcast.com. <laughs> and uh, go check that out. It's going to be really cool. If you enjoyed our conversation, we're just basically, it's us kind of talking about life. And we dive you know a lot deeper into all these topics, pregnancy, conscious relating, sex, entrepreneurship, all this stuff that we're learning just through the process of being with each other. And we really felt called that it'd be really impactful to share with the world. Um, And we want to build community around that. So if you guys have any questions, um, we're definitely going to set up, you know, different ways to communicate with us so that we can really grow a community around this conscious relating and help make a bigger impact in the world. Because like we talked about during the show, fear is a virus. Um, That's the issue that's out there. It's not, it's not coronavirus. It's fear virus. Mm -hmm. And the way to counteract that fear is with love, connection. And um, we're just going to do our part. And we'd love to hear from you. Um, Reach out on Instagram at joe.holly as well. Please leave a review, rate this podcast, and share it with your friends. It goes a long way to helping me grow my audience so that I can get this love and connection and questioning the deeper unanswerable questions of the universe out into the world. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. I love you so much, babe. I love you too. And actually, I think people should go to your website. Not should, but if they would like, go to your website 
and sign up for your email newsletter versus Instagram because yeah, I don't know about Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's <laughs> censoring everyone. Yeah, we had a whole thing about that, but that's, yeah. a, that's, that's for a, a whole other thing. <laughs> you can go to joe-holly.com and sign up for my newsletter. And if you're interested in checking out The Heart Collective, go to theheartcollective.com. That's H-A-R-T collective.com. And uh, yeah, till next time. Love you guys. Love you, babe. Love you, everybody. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. I know we kind of had to cut it short there uh, because Freedom was barking and I think we had something to do. I forgot. We recorded it a couple of days ago. So this is, uh, I forgot what we did. But if you want to hear more of me and Sarah's journey, go pre-register for our new audio experience reality show podcast, Love and Life at loveandlifepodcast.com. Uh, really looking forward to launching that very soon. And you guys are going to be the first ones to hear it. If you go pre-subscribe, And uh, as always, please review the podcast, rate it, share it uh, with all your friends and loved ones and uh, really trying to grow this thing to reach a wider audience and every single person that, you know, enjoys this podcast out there. I really appreciate the support and uh, it would go a long way if you could uh, share it with your friends and leave a review. Um, Yeah. And if you haven't checked out my other podcast, Life Beyond the Game, it's a great podcast as well. Uh, If you're into sports and athletics, uh, I bring on professional, uh, former professional athletes to talk about not only their careers, but their transition out of sports and what that journey is like. It comes with a lot of unique challenges and I'm really excited to bring those stories to you guys so you can kind of get to know these guys on a deeper level and who they are kind of behind the face mask and off the field. Um, Yeah, really appreciate you guys. So much love. Until next time, have a good one. Peace.